0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host Urban Lee. Each week you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee.
1: Good evening. This is Urban Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. You can find information about the book at frombeertothebible.com. You can support Hampton Ministries at hamptonministries.org. We're so privileged and blessed to have Megan O'Connor and Courtney Pear of the valley hope foundation say hello guys grateful to be here oh awesome great to have you and let us anchor ourselves in a prayer father we thank you for your long suffering for your healing for your comfort for your grace and your mercy please continue to watch over courtney and megan in the valley hope foundation and treatment centers And the wonderful work that they do to bring recovery and healing to all of those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. And one of the things that our show is known for is the transparency. And as I talk to both of you, I know you have wonderful experiences and testimonies as it relates to overcoming addiction. So, I would like to start first with Megan. And, Megan, I would like for you to share with our, our viewers your experience with addiction.
2: Okay. Thank you, Irvin. Appreciate the opportunity. Um, I am, again, um, O'Connor. I'm an alcoholic and an addict in long term recovery. My journey um, to recovery began um, probably about 25 years ago, but. Um, it didn't. It didn't really. Um, it, nothing really transpired until I got to Valley Hope, mm-hmm. and I got to Valley Hope twenty years ago this Sunday.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I arrived with a and marijuana, okay. and alcohol, and I um, actually I had had a I had had a period of recovery um, from the rooms of AA and NA. And, and had relapsed mm-hmm. after about five years. Um, and I was, I call it the pit bull. The pit bull of addiction had me. Okay. And I personally did not want to live in recovery again. That's how strong that grip was.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Even though I had been there before, um, I, I was in the grip. Yeah. And my employer and my family encouraged me to go to residential treatment. Mm-hmm. And I found my way to Valley Hope, and I found myself after about three days in the detox room, looking in the mirror, thinking to myself, I'm not sure I want to live in recovery again, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure I want to live not in recovery again, and looking in the mirror at this sunken eyed face of mine, I knew that I was I had reached my bottom in mm-hmm. that detox room and what a what a thinking back on that now, I realized what a blessing that was.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I was in a safe space and my journey to healing was was upon me. I didn't know it, but it was right in front of me. And I knew within two, three two to three weeks in residential treatment of Valley Hope that I wanted to live in recovery again. Valley Hope helped me so much, and I, and I don't today if I hadn't gone to treatment. Okay. Um, by the time I left residential care at Valley Hope, I wanted to work for the organization. Now, I had a great job playing parties for, for rich people at the biggest country club west of the Mississippi. Okay. So I was going to leave that industry, and I wanted to be a counselor, and, my, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and, and my sponsor, my, my program 12-step sponsor at the time said, not everyone who leaves treatment wants to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. Two, two years after they leave treatment, when are you going to figure out God is talking to you? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, it was going to be a big cut in pay, and I needed to pray about it, and I was going to be moving farther away from my family. And I thought um, long and hard about it, and I prayed about it, and I made my way to the counselor training program at Valley Hope, and I served as a counselor for two and a half years. I still have my counseling credential, Mm -hmm. but I've been promoted um, a couple of times, and I'm currently the executive director of the Valley Hope Foundation. When I went to treatment, I was a self-pay patient. Insurance didn't cover my treatment. Mm -hmm. I... Had to pay on my own, I had to make payments for my treatment, um, and the center gave me a little bit of charity care to reduce my bill, yeah. which was super nice mm-hmm. well now, here I am, twenty years later, for those people who need financial assistance to close out their treatment yeah so i I feel like um, I've heard some other Valley Hope people on the line with you, and they've said, you know, it's a calling, and I truly believe that, and super grateful. Yes. And I'm excited to be sharing my story with you. Um, on the verge of a pretty big birthday, uh, 20 right. years on the 20th. It, yes, I think
1: congratulations! A
2: golden birthday.
1: Yes, that is that is so impressive, and I'm so. I think that's inspired.
2: probably enough story for you, but yeah.
1: Well, that's I. What I'm I I one, want to say thank you for the level of transparency and the impact that you're going to have on the listeners who are listening and can relate to your story and whose hearts that the Lord is going to use you to touch that we perhaps have not been able to touch. So I want to say thank you for sharing that. And then I have just a couple of questions, and then we'll pivot and let Courtney uh, give her experience uh, with addiction. I want to talk about you and your program that you work, Megan, to stay sober because we get that question a lot is once I get sober, how do I stay sober? So if you could address that. Well,
2: I'm obviously I'm very connected with Valley Hope as an alumni but I'm also, um, I'm also very connected to the 12-step. Mm-hmm. In fact, COVID, with all of the bad things it brought, it actually probably stepped my personal program up a notch mm-hmm. because I'm able to attend meetings all over the country. Okay. When co-ed meetings, book studies, all kinds of things. And um, so I work, a, I work a strong program, even... For 20 years, I call my sponsor every Sunday at 4 o'clock, mm-hmm. and we have a conversation. I know exactly what step I'm working on.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, and I volunteer up at the treatment center. I take a... Um, a I, I, I go up to the treatment center, and I bring Zoom meetings in for the patients, and I spend time with the patients, and I... Um, um, Practice. I practice yoga I had to calm myself down, and I get to do that with the patients um, several couple times a week as a volunteer.
3: Okay.
2: And um, yeah, I, I think you know the big book talks about it. We um, we have to fully engage. You know, half measures won't avail us in. Half measures isn't half. It's got to be all or in. It's not on the sidelines. And I've been on the sidelines before and relapsed. So I, I just know how much of a gift this is from God. It's like getting a brand-new Cadillac. Yes. I've got to, to fill filled and I've got to check the fluids, and I've got to change. You know, I've got to do some maintenance on this thing, or it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, you know, deteriorate. Yes. And it's the same thing with my personal program.
1: That is that is awesome. And will you just touch briefly on the importance of
3: sponsors?
2: Yes. Yes. So a sponsor. So the the who believes in you and wants you to succeed in your recovery. Mm-hmm. Having that one person that you can connect they don't always tell you what you want to hear. You're right. Because they're they're really there to help you, not necessarily be your best friend, but a sponsor is who is your mentor in recovery,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and will remind me that I have an ego that's out of control? Mm-hmm. That will remind me that um, I'm jealous again. Yes. Being about that, or prideful, or any you know any you know seven deadly sins, whatever you want to call it. It's it's all about that. The big book is right from the Bible. I know an awful lot about AA history, and the more I know, the more I want to know. But the early members the early of AA were driven by the Bible. That's how all their morning meditations began, and, yes. and that's where all our meditation books actually stem from.
1: Yes, absolutely. That is awesome. And thank you so much, Megan, for sharing. And, Courtney, we want to get you involved in the conversation as well. Please share with us your experience with addiction.
4: Sure. So my story looks a little different. Um, I come, I come into the addiction field as, as a family member. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with a, a a close family member, my uncle struggling on and off throughout my childhood with addiction. Um, I watched, I watched him slowly, um, lose his life to Mm -hmm. this disease. He, um, lost jobs. He lost family members. Um, and I, I also watched the impact of his disease on, on my family, um, on, on those folks trying to help him the best way that they can. Mm -hmm. You know, they were very supportive. They helped them find, helped him find employment. They helped him reconnect to different doctors, helped him get in and out of different rehabilitation facilities to yeah. to try to conquer this disease and, and as most of us know in the roles we play unless that individual is ready to tackle their disease and really admit you know I'm 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 powerless and I, I can't do this on my own and and I need I need help. I need yeah. help from my higher power and I I need to do something different they're they're not going to be able to so um, unfortunately my my uncle lost his battle with alcoholism yeah and that played a, a large role in our family mm-hmm. um, but that's what led me to to my career um, okay I became a counselor
3: mm-hmm
4: to help those struggling and to help make sure no other family has to go through it alone. Yeah. And that's, that's where my passion began. Um, so I continue to, to want to make a difference to those struggling to overcome the disease. Um, fast forward. Uh, a little while down the road here. And I had another family member who reached out and felt that they had hit their bottom okay. and they wanted to, to begin their journey into sobriety. So they also entered treatment. So they, they came to Valley hope and, and just fell in love with the, the treatment experience. Mm-hmm. And we were able to see him go from a shell of who he was to a completely different person. Yes. Someone who loved themselves mm-hmm. and, and wanted to live right. He, he found the, I don't want to live the way that I have been. And I want to do something different. So we really saw him come alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I know that he wouldn't have made it here if I wasn't exactly where I needed to be because okay. I had the resources when they reached out to me to, how can I get him help? Yes. I wouldn't have had those resources if I wouldn't have trusted my path and my journey. Um, so it, it's one of those things that I feel that I am exactly where I need to be right now. Right. Um, and you know, every day I learn a little more about, about trusting, trusting the journey that I'm on. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely notice when I try to run my own show, (laughs) (laughs) things don't always work the way, um, they should. And it, um, puts me right back into, okay, this, this is not my, my journey. I need to to trust it and follow the path that's put before me. So I I'm driven every day to come in and work at an organization like Valley Hope with like-minded individuals that want to be a part of the solution.
3: Okay. Yes. We
4: want to help the, the next person struggling. And, and in my role in the foundation, we're able to say, yes, Yes, we can help you with entry into sober living. Yes, we can help you stay a few days longer in treatment. Yes, your wife can come attend a family session with you, although you don't have the financial means, but because you want this and you, you want to do better, we want to help you. And so every day I get the opportunity to come in and make that yes a possibility.
1: Yes. Yes, and
4: it it truly feeds my my heart and my spirit
1: and, to and, be able
4: to know that we're making that difference.
1: And it sounds like what Megan said earlier: you are truly in your purpose, in your calling for the Lord. And can you give our listeners a word of encouragement? those who have a family member who is currently in their active addiction, can you share just a word of wisdom and encouragement for them? And then follow that up with the importance of knowing our family history can sometimes alert us and help us understand who may be susceptible to addiction.
4: Absolutely. If I could offer any word advice to a family member who has someone struggling with active addiction in their life is to find an Al-Anon meeting. Okay. Whether or not you think you need it, you do. <laughs> um, that has been extremely helpful to me. Um, and as Megan mentioned with 2020, it, it's opened the door for so many different possibilities for Al-Anon meetings. Mm-hmm. I live in a small community. And so sometimes it's difficult to, to hear from other folks outside of your your four walls. So find an Al-Anon meeting, mm-hmm. um, go to Zoom meetings and go in with the mindset of everything in the meeting may not be what you're looking for, but there will be something that you can learn from and yes. something you can take away. Um, that has been very beneficial to me um, it's also very helpful to me to know my family history and to, to share that with my, my children as well okay. um, and to be mindful that this is a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And if we are not aware, things can get out of control really quickly. Yes. And it's important to, to acknowledge and, and keep that in the forefront. Mm-hmm. So you're aware. Yes, it's all about education.
1: Yes, yes, that that is so important. And as I pivot on your education comment, Megan, I want you to go first. And then, Courtney, I'd like you to follow up. But there has been and continues to be some sin and shame and somewhat of a stigma to be uh, a female or a woman who is suffering from drug and alcohol addiction. Can you guys both address that? Megan, would you go first?
2: Sure. So I uh, believe that there there is a stigma, and I believe that that stigma has been around for, two, you know, as long as alcohol is present in our society. So, you know, if you look at 100, 120 years ago, um, the some of the, some of the stigma is just because, well, we used to we used to lock people up. Mm-hmm. You know, if if they were addicted to drugs and alcohol, we just locked them in an institution, yeah, and and threw away the key, and 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 so we've come a long way, but there's still that historical aspect. Even even um, Mom, who is 80 years old, um, her generation grew up believing that it was a moral issue, that it was a matter of um, if you do this, um, you know you're just making bad choices, yes. and part of that is true. I believe you know, we we've, we've been given choice. Mm-hmm. We've been given free will by by Christ. So so what happens is if someone is young and they misuse a prescription or they abuse drugs at a young age, if brain is altered. And their impulse control is compromised. Yeah. So they're setting, their, they're setting themselves up for a potential life of addiction mm-hmm. So there is brain science that goes with this, but there's also still the matter there is a matter of choice. I, I have a choice today. I can go pick up a beer or go buy some math. I have that choice today, but the moment that that mental obsession becomes a physical obsession when I ingest. Drugs or alcohol, then then there's there's no control whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So so there is a there is the part of it that is choice, and there is the part of it that is um, no choice. Yes, you are you you're physically and mentally incapable of stopping.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, um, uh, and I think you know um, a lot of celebrities are proud of their recovery, and every time I see that, I'm just so happy to see that because um, people don't need to know that that successful people live in long-term recovery and that it's not um, anything to be ashamed of. Yesterday I saw, if you want to quit vaping, um, and and it was a teenager in this commercial, Uh and I thought, man, that's cool. That's cool. They're recognizing it's not a good choice, and if you need help, here you go. Um, So I'm not sure I answered your question, Irvin, but... um, I'll stop
1: talking. (laughs) No, you did. You did a wonderful job addressing all three parts of addiction, the soul, the body, and the spirit as it relates to our women who are suffering from addiction. And we're going to have more with Megan and Courtney on the other side.
0: We'll be back with more of from Beer to the Bible right here on The Word 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, Participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee.
1: Welcome back. This is Irvin Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. Please support the book at frombeertothebible.com. You can find more information about Hampton Ministries at hamptonministries.org. We're going to close out the show today with Megan and Courtney. You guys have been such wonderful guests. I certainly appreciate you guys sharing your inspiring and wonderful testimonies. So we are going to allow Courtney to share information about where Those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction can reach Valley Hope.
4: Thank you so much for offering us this opportunity. If um, anyone is in need of services from Valley Hope, we do accept admissions 24 hours a day. And the first step is to reach out to our 1-800 phone number. And that's 1-800-544-5101. Or you can visit Valley Hope on the web at valleyhope.org.
1: Awesome. And then, uh, Megan, do you want to close out this show with some wonderful words of encouragement and your wisdom from your time in recovery?
2: Um, sure. And, and your team for what you do every day to spread the word. Um, In a big way, thank you. Um, So for those out there struggling, I would want to let you know that you are not alone. Mm. You are not alone. There is help. Yes. Reach out, and it's going to be okay.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. So we, again megan and courtney have been blessed by your presence and we will continue to keep you all and the valley hope foundation and treatment centers in our prayers and we look forward to having you back again soon god bless you guys
2: thank you
4: thank you so much
1: and i want to leave you today with the love i love you the faith is in christ jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly
0: bless. You. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FrombeertotheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FrombeertotheBible dot com.